to Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter 4, we'll be begin reading in verse number 13, verse number 13. Bible says this, just to lead up to where we are, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John have healed the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. They've been apprehended, now they're being questioned. It says this, beginning in verse 13, sorry not verse 12, but verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing, say nothing, turn to your neighbor, say nothing, They could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they dismissed Peter and John. They conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable notable miracle hath been done by them, or done by them, is manifest to all of them that dwell in Jerusalem, And we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, or judge for yourself. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. For we cannot but speak of the things we have seen and heard. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for this word. And God, we ask that you would just anoint this vessel tonight full of flaw and error. Help me deliver this word tonight with your anointing and your Holy Spirit and your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Acts chapter 4. If you would tonight also turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Read some more verses for us. We're going to be reading another place in Daniel as well. It says in verse number 12 of chapter 3 in Daniel, this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says there, this is them that, that are talking to the king, other, other men 
not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This says, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over. They're speaking to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, telling him that these Jews that he had promoted into leadership, that you've set over all the province of, ba- of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. And if you don't know what's going on in this portion of Scripture, King Nebuchadnezzar set up an image for himself for everyone to worship. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, right? That's what's going on, all right? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know the story, will not bow. Okay, so we see that taking place. And they, they pretty much tell the king here, they said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And then they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responds here. And they answered and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful or we're not thoughtful. We, we, we know what the answer is to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Daniel chapter 6, one verse here, verse 7. I know I'm doing a lot of reading tonight. These are men talking to King Darius now. And he has made a proclamation that through the propositioning of these men that no one can pray to anyone but the king. And verse 7, it says, these men come together and they say, all the presidents or all the governors of the kingdom and the princes and the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast to the den of lions. Amen. A lot of reading tonight. I apologize for that. But I just want to set the stage of we have three different stories, three different occasions here. These these are not just merely stories. They're not just something we hand down to our children, but we hand it down to them because these are literal facts. These events happen. But we find in all three portions of the scripture I've read to you tonight that there were government officials or religious officials telling the people of God what they could and could not do. What they could and could not do. I want to preach real quick tonight, and I 
Some people may say I'm about to preach a political message. I'm not about to preach a political message. I'm about to preach a message on good and evil. Amen. You with me? I'm going to preach tonight on the topic of canceled. Canceled. Many of you have probably heard this phrase recently in the last decade. It's become very common. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not going to be controversial or anything like that. I may be controversial in, in the devil's standards, and I hope I am, because I've, I've planned to meddle in some of his affairs this evening. I know many of us have spoken in, in the worship team. Many of us have had crazy days today, un, unprecedented days. We have those days, but I know when hell's fighting, that heaven has a plan, right? Amen. You with me? You awake this evening? Let me know you're awake. All right. I just need to know you're with me. I know many of you went back to school today and you may feel tired, but I really wanted to get some points across to you. But we hear this term canceled quite often. Uh, it, pretty much it has ushered in a whole new realm of culture and so much so that people literally refer to it as cancel culture. Right? Anybody heard that term? Raise your hand. Some class participation. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Cancel culture. Some people define it as it refers to those who have, who are deemed to have acted or spoken in an unacceptable manner, and that they should be ostracized, boycotted, or shunned. Sound about right? We could talk about. We could talk about political figures, media commentators, uh, athletes that refuse to, to wear things that do not comply with their religious beliefs, that refuse to do these things. We can, we can talk about all the, the issues facing our day uh, on the surface level, but if, if you will tonight, I, I want to address it a little deeper at its root because whether you, you believe it or not, what this world tries to portray to the church is that it's a Democrat thing or a Republican thing. I want you to know what's going on in our world today is not a political problem and there is not a political answer. And the church said, amen. Hear me tonight. It doesn't matter who gets the White House, who gets the halls of Congress. I believe we should vote. I believe we should participate in those things. Don't misunderstand me. But I, I, what I want you to, to get in your hearts tonight is a political leader is not your savior. We have a savior. He died and rose 2,000 years ago. I'm not looking to a congressman or a senator or a governor or a president to save me. I've been saved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't need saving by a Democrat or a Republican, an Independent, a Tea Partier. I don't need any of that. What I need to know is what the Word of God says. But we live in this world of cancel culture and, and I have, have studied the, the word of God for many years now and, and I, I want you to know that the devil is not a creator, he's an imitator and a distorter. I'm a, I, 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 I just want to tell you tonight that what we see in the portions of scripture I just read to you is political religious leaders saying what is being said to the church today. No longer preach in his name. We, we don't want you to heal in his name. We don't want you to operate in his name. Listen, I'll tell you this. There are people in this nation that want to see the church of the living God disappear. 
And whether you believe it or not, we're at war. And you say, what, we're at war with them? No, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers of darkness. We, we, we try to make it a, a political war. It's not a political war. It's a spiritual war because we have people trying to say, you can't say those things that offends us. You can't say those things that offends us. You can't do that. That offends us. Understand, I will stand here and tell you today with, with, with no thought about it. I'll be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and tell you I'm not careful to answer you on this matter because my Bible tells me that if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. But he's not over. In John chapter eight, he wasn't done. He says, and if who the son has set free is free indeed. There's freedom in the word of God. There's freedom in the church. But we see what we've read in, in these portions of scripture happening today, whether you believe it or not, there's ministers being arrested daily in free countries because they will not comply. They will not comply. They'll not do what they're told. They have the answer that Peter and John had and, and said, listen, I, I, whether you say it's wrong or not, that's not for me to judge. I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. Uh, I cannot help of speak uh, of the things that I have seen and I've heard. Uh, tell me tonight, church, is there anyone in here uh, that says, I've seen too much. Uh, I've experienced too much. Uh, I know too much. Uh, I, I've, I have a relationship with God. I've been with him too much. Uh, you have come too late to tell me uh, to shut my mouth out, to sit down, to not praise, to not worship, to not lay hands on the sick and see them. You've come too late to tell me to be quiet. We see cancel culture. It's all over the news. This person's canceled. That person's canceled. This side hates that side. That side hates this side. Again, I want to just reiterate this thought. The devil is not a creator, he's an imitator. I'm gonna say something and you're gonna look at me real crazy, but cancel culture is a God thing. And you're looking at me crazy. Cancel culture is a God thing. What do you mean, preacher? Cancel culture is a God thing. The Bible tells us in Genesis that there was the fall of man, right? Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, right? But here's, 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 what our, here's the God you serve. The God you serve, instead of just condemning them and leaving them out to dry, he said, listen, you've done wrong. But he made a way. The Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. He had a plan. Hear me tonight. 
We, we just sang a song uh, about the, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said he was mine. Understand, if God has a plan for your life, uh, the enemy has a plan for your life. Uh, and here's what Joseph said to his brothers. Uh, what you meant for evil, uh, God has turned it around uh, for good. Uh, understand what I'm saying. Uh, when, when, I, when I'm telling you that, that cancel culture is a God thing, uh, because the Bible says in Romans 5, uh, where sin, by one man's sin, entered into the world. But by one man, salvation and redemption and deliverance entered into the world. You say, what does this have to do with cancel culture? Understand when Jesus died, when Jesus rose from the dead, he canceled your sin, he canceled your sickness, he canceled your depression, he canceled your anxiety, he canceled your fear, he canceled your apprehension. Whatever it may be, Jesus conquered it all. Cancel culture is not a world thing. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. Hear me. The world has come in. They've come from every direction. And, 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 and I'll just tell you, it's been just the spiritual warfare. We've talked about it so many times, but I want to make it very clear. Since COVID-19 hit in 2020, the spiritual warfare has been insane. You're saying, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when I go to pray, things are different. When I live my life, things are different. Uh, things are busier than they've ever seen before. They, my life seems so crowded and colluded. There's so many things going on in mine and Sierra's life. We gotta be here, we gotta do there. We, we, we've gotta do this, we've gotta, we've gotta do that. Uh, understand me tonight, I, I get that we're busy. I get that we have responsibilities, uh, but we cannot overlook the time that we're in. Uh, and when the world is telling us, uh, like they told uh, Peter and John, uh, like they told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to go like they told Daniel uh, listen you need to shut up uh, you need to be quiet uh, you need to, to just, uh, just, just chill out for a little bit uh, uh, what I want to show you in these three stories uh, is if these men would have listened uh, to those commands uh, not only would the gospel not have went forth uh, but deliverance would not have come Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they, they, they said, well, yes, and we're not careful to answer you. When they said that, they were cast into the fiery furnace. Uh, but in the middle of the fiery furnace, uh, that's where Jesus was, uh, that fourth man in the fire. Uh, and they walked around free in that fire. Uh, the enemy was trying to get them to comply uh, before they had the greatest encounter uh, they had ever had with God in their life. Uh, don't let the enemy push you out of the will of God. Uh, get you away from what God's wanting to do. Uh, because hear this overweight preacher tonight uh, tell the truth to you. Uh, God is about to do something in this church. Uh, God is doing something in this city. Uh, God is doing something in this nation. Uh, don't get off track. Uh, don't be discouraged. Uh, don't be dismayed. Uh, don't lose heart. Uh, don't lose strength. Uh, but keep fighting uh, until the deliverance uh, comes. told Daniel, don't pray. Told Daniel, don't pray. And he prayed three times a day out in the open. He threw him in a den of lions. They come out the next day. He said, oh king, 
I'm just fine. Do you understand that the attacks on your life are to hinder the encounters that God wants to have in your life? And oftentimes, I'll just say this, I believe they cause those encounters. I will tell you this, what has strengthened my faith more than anything is trial. It's trial. It's hard times. But as the Bible says, you want to buy from me, this is what Jesus said, gold that is refined in the fire. Not to fall. But we see that Peter and John, even in their story, they go back to the upper room. They tell them of what, what has just happened and they become a shaking, and a quaking. 5,000 souls came into the kingdom. What if they would have shut up, Sister Mary? Listen, young people, you're going back to school and I, I, would, just, I would just tell you, I, I, I've been where you're at. Everybody's a Christian. Right? Let's just be honest. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Everybody's a Christian. They may talk like the devil, look like the devil, act like the devil. But they're Christian, right? I will tell you, if you go into that place, into that school, into those halls, and you live different, I, 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 I want to see revival starting the schools. I've prayed for that for six years. I want to see revival happen in those schools. I want to see awakening because I, I'm sick and tired of getting phone calls. Uh, OD, 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 OD. No, no, no. Understand the church is here to set up. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to tell you, we're here to set up spiritual cancel culture. So what, what are you talking about? Well, we, we've talked about how Jesus canceled our sins, right? Talked about how Jesus laid hands on the sick. They recovered. He spoke to demon-possessed people. And the demonic presence would flee. Can I come down here? No one said yes, so okay. I'm going to look you in the eye. Because this is it. I'm going to end after this. I'll be done. Spiritual cancel culture is not something that Jesus just did. But the reason he sent his Holy Spirit is so that you could operate in it as well. That's why he told them in Acts chapter one, you'll be, when, when, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power, Right? That's why he told him in Luke that, that at the end of, of Luke's writings, he said, go and tarry until you be endued with power from on high because Jesus was not oblivious. He, he even told them while he was with them, you are gonna go through some stuff. You, people are gonna get messed up. He said times are gonna get so bad that mothers and sons would turn on one another. Fathers and daughters would turn on one another. Spouses would turn on one another. Do we not see that today? Jesus told us of the times that we're living in, but he said, do not fret because I have overcome the world. 
here's what cancel culture looks like because so often we, 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 we hear me tonight. I know Jade Abrams is not worthy. My righteousness is his filthy rags, right? But because of Jesus' blood and the shedding of that blood and his resurrection and me believing and confessing him as the Lord of my life, I've become worthy. Can I just teach you for a moment? People in the church, stop beating yourselves up and telling yourself that you cannot operate in the supernatural. Because we've got, as we talked about last week, we've got to get that mindset out of the way because the confidence that you should have should not be in yourself, but the God who created you. Because what we do is, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I didn't see where Jesus just said, okay, now this disciple, you can do that. And, and this disciple, you can do that. He said, no, you get into the upper room. Every one of you, you get into the upper room. You get endued with power from on high. You come out, you be the church. You operate in authority. He told Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He said, I'm giving you the keys to this thing. But he also told him, no matter what comes the gates of hell will not prevail against my church he told us in Mark he said listen these signs shall follow them that believe they shall speak with new tongues anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost they shall lay hands on the sick and see them recover if they encounter any deadly thing it will not harm them understand we are cancel culture for this city and come to the music. So often, what happens in the church? I'll be honest, I do it. I get caught up in my issues. What's going on in my life? It's easy, we just forget about Jesus. We forget about the simple things. The Bible tells us, book of Acts, that Philip went out preaching. Brother Brad didn't say he had three points. And he said he just preached Jesus. I tell you, church, we need to realize, this is so cliche in the church, but we, need, we really need to understand and realize what this means. If you have Jesus, you have everything. I think the church needs to get back to in a personal setting a church setting there's a verse that we quote all the time and we need to get back to this catch the language of the verse in Revelation chapter 12 and they overcame him who's him? Satan they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Anybody thankful for Jesus? And by the word of your testimony. They love not their lives unto death. You know what that last part we don't read hardly ever? They love not their lives unto death. What that's saying is they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they weren't afraid about it. 
Can I just be transparent with y'all? Yeah. There's two people the Lord showed me in this, in this segment. We may want to cut the live stream. I don't want to share anybody's personal information that they may not want out there. And I don't know everything. But I know what God's done in their life. You say, why, why are you getting to this? Because I can't go out. How many how many's ever heard that you can't teach what you haven't experienced? I mean, I have I have people come up to me at work and say, hey man, can you show me this? I said, brother, I'll just be honest with you, I've never done that before. But so and so's done it, you need to get with them. They can they'll show us both how to do it. I can't preach something that I, I haven't applied to my life, okay? And when I say that, if we're going to be ambassadors of spiritual, God, godly, righteous, cancel culture, where we cancel out the enemy's plans. hear me when we cancel what the enemy had planned and then we step in as the ambassadors of Jesus Christ and change the tide if we want to be those, those ambassadors of canceled culture you have to realize what God has canceled in your life this is how powerful the gospel that we preach is. I'm going to do this. This is out of my comfort zone. Brother Jason, I love you. But if you do not know, this man has a testimony. This man has a testimony. I don't know everything. I don't have to know everything. But here's what I know. He was bound. He was addicted, right? You shouldn't be here. You should have died multiple times. Am I not, am I incorrect in that or am I correct in that? This man should not be here today. why he's here today is because the God we serve stepped in and intervened and Jesus said you know what those drugs you're addicted to the cancel the sin that you had in your life Jason he canceled it the, 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 what, whatever he was going through spiritually and emotionally whatever he was dealing with physically in his body I don't know but Jesus stepped in and he said it's no more it's erased. Now he sits in this church. He raises his hands. His family's in church. I praise God for cancel culture. This man has a testimony because Jesus canceled all his wrongs. Justin, you know I'm coming to you. Another young man shouldn't be here. Bound by alcoholism, am I right? Cancel culture. I'm not talking about the world's kind. 
because the world's kind tries to shut up this testimony. You know, they didn't want Peter and John to, to talk about Jesus. Why? Because I'll tell you, Jesus is the greatest gift to humanity. Because we had a debt that we could not pay. But he said, I will pay it in full. This man was bound by alcoholism. I, I wouldn't say it'd be a stretch to say it that you were probably dealing with a massive amount of anxiety and depression. But today, this is how powerful it is. This is how powerful testimony is. He's not sitting in church by himself. Because Jesus stepped in, didn't just save him, saved his wife, saved his children. His children sit in this house. Hear me tonight, you need to get on your feet and give God a praise because he canceled the sin, the addiction, the depression, the fear, the anxiety. He canceled it all. And if you want to be ambassadors of this great cancellation, you have to realize what he's canceled in your life. There's a third person I want to talk about. Because not all of us, i just be honest, and I'm not, I'm not trying, not all of us have went down those paths of alcoholism and, and drug addiction. Not all of us have went down those paths. But my mother-in-law talks about all the time, Gloria, I'll put her on the spot. She probably don't like it. But I remember her telling me, she's like, I never did those things up in church I never did those things but there came a time that she knew I need a savior and that savior came down because whether you believe it or not we we're all born into sin but yet here's what the word of God says why we were yet sinners Christ died for us his blood, the shedding of his blood is so powerful that it covers a multitude of sin. She said, I've never experienced those things, but she knew she needed a savior. And that savior canceled the sin in her life. Whether it be to some, it may seem very small because she was raised in church. But don't, don't, don't let the enemy try to tell you that's not a powerful testimony. Because here she is with, with three grandchildren, all of her children in the house of God, her family in the house of God, her, her children marrying godly spouses. I'm one of them, yes. Yes, she, she, Sierra picked really good. No, I'm just messing with you. God picked Sierra really good for me. But here she is years later and she can say, God was faithful then and he's been faithful throughout the years. Church, we need cancel culture in the house of God. I'm talking about the cancel culture that says you have sickness in your body. There's a man. There's a man named Jesus. That's, that's what got Paul, or that's what got Peter and John in trouble is they told the man that was crippled laying at the gate called beautiful, gold and silver have I none, but I have a testimony. There's a man named Jesus. He set me free. He changed my life and he can heal your body. They laid hands on him and he recovered. Last thing I'm going to say 
Can you imagine being Lazarus? Singing around years later, saying, I was dead. Telling his children, I was dead. Your aunts, Mary and Martha, they buried me. I didn't even know how long I'd been dead, but they told me I was dead four days. But all of a sudden in that holding place, in Abraham's bosom, I heard my name being called. And Jesus was saying, Lazarus, come forth. And where life brought me death, Jesus came and he canceled death. What about blind Bartimaeus who pastor talked about Sunday night that says, I was blind, but now I see. He was given a future. He was given a hope because Jesus healed him and he was able to tell his children and those around him that I was blind, I was messed up, but Jesus came and he canceled my blindness. What about the leper that says, I was slowly dying. My flesh was being eaten away, but Jesus passed by and he made me whole. Y'all have a testimony. Y'all have a testimony. Now that you know that, that means you can go to your work tomorrow. Children, you can go to your schools tomorrow and you can be the ambassador of this cancel culture and say, I will not be silent. I will not rest. That's what Isaiah said. Until righteousness is restored, I will not shut up. So if you're here tonight and you want to operate in this, I I know I ain't preached good. I just preached what the Lord gave me. It wasn't nothing revelatory. But if you say, I want to be an ambassador of this, I want you to come to these altars tonight. They're open. Come, come, come. If you're here in the house and you say, I'm struggling, I need deliverance. I need freedom and deliverance. You can be in this house and you say, I'm struggling so bad. Pastor, I don't even know if I'm saved. If you need saved tonight, Jesus is here to save. He's here to give you a testimony. He's here to give you a testimony. But whosoever will, just come. Just come. Pray. Pray because I believe God wants to use this church to do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.